Welcome back to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Becker's Facilities. High pressure washing, facility maintenance, builders clean and commercial sanitization. They do it all. Check them out at beckersfacilities.com.au. Here's your host, Max Becker. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max. We're today we're with the V Squad Academy General Manager, Luke O'Connell. Welcome, Luke. Um, Luke, can you take us through your childhood and what your family was like and what you did? When I was a kid? Yeah, yeah. What was your childhood like and what did you do as a kid? Uh, pretty good, mate. We, uh, we were out in the suburbs out in Eltham. Um, pretty active like, like it was back in the good old days, not like now with you young fellas on the computers and screens and all that stuff um so yeah we're pretty active we we uh had a, ho- a family holiday house we got away to a lot so we, uh, uh your dad was a premiership player at carlton and played in the back pocket so what was it like growing up as the son of an afl player was there a lot of pressure on you as a kid i never really thought about it um there wasn't really he um he yeah. Um, basketball to start with, because there was no way they were going to let me play footy as a eight or nine or ten year old. Um, so I was a junior basketballer, played a lot of basketball as a kid, went through the basketball Victoria system. Um, and so yeah, we never never really thought about it. Um, he coached most of the time while I was growing up, sort of in that um, early period. So I kind of always knew him as a coach rather than a player. Um, the, the, the complication was that his best mate was Bruce Dool, and so I was pretty aware that Bruce Dool was pretty famous um, whenever we went anywhere as, a, as, a, as the two families. So that's kind of the only time I really realised that um, people... Yeah. I hear that you're invited and get to go to the Carlton Premiership reunion of the team of 1972. What's that like for you when you get to be a part of a celebration like that one? I, um, I, so we didn't obviously, like, in case, I don't know if everyone's aware, but my dad passed away when I was 12, so, um, we didn't have a lot of contact with the, with, um, with um, we had a lot more to do with the teams that he coached, um, and they created public functions for the 1979 team, and part of that was they were going to recognise the 1972 team, they just happened to be holding it in Marvel's stadium uh which is I know, that's where it worked so i just popped in thought i'd pop in they're really good they looked after me i had to go up and get a, a statue um and it was interesting that the first the two back pockets in that team were vinnie white so jared white uh, accepted yeah. it on behalf of his dad who also passed away and then um and then myself in the other back pocket so that was got to meet jared um and obviously caught up with some of the other guys that we knew but um it was nice that they're still remembering him and that we're still... Uh, yeah. You played for Carlton in the under-19 side. What was that like for you and what position did you play? Uh, it was very nerve-wracking. Uh, I was actually in the reserves. I, I um, came in a little bit after the under-19s because I, I didn't go through the tap cup. Um, I was originally invited down as a 17-year-old, as a father-son, just to, to 
to check it out. I, I was basically still a basketballer at that point. Um, yeah. And I did a pre-season. Um, and then during that pre-season, a really good mate of mine was hit by a car uh, uh, quite quite badly and quite severely injured. And I kind of lost a lot of interest in and do all that stuff. So I actually gave it away. Uh, and then about sort of two or three years later, I played some local footy and, and had a bit of a nagging feeling in the back of my mind that I'd... And I was just lucky that I had a good relationship with Shane O'Sullivan, who's still there as a footy manager, and rang him up and said, is there any chance? And he said, yep, come down. But no promises, do the pre-season and then we'll see how you go. Um, and I basically spent the whole time waiting for them to cut me and they never did, so I just kept turning up. Um, and then ended up playing a little bit of twos footy that year. And yep. um, and then at the end of that year, went back to local footy. But great. Really um, established senior side. Um, they'd won the flag. Um, great learning experience. Um, I know that you have a passion for coaching. When did your passion for coaching first start off? Yeah, I was pretty young, actually. I coached a basketball team um, when I was about seven grade. I actually coached my primary school grade six team. Um, and I guess, I guess it wouldn't, having a dad that was basically a coach the whole time that he was around, I guess that's just, just part of you just thought it was never think about becoming a coach so I always knew once I switched over to footy I always knew I would eventually coach um, and so I always approached it that way I was always interested in the drills that we were doing the tactics behind it and how to see the game from a different perspective so it was always something that I was aware of um, and I was lucky I had some coaches who recognised that and included me so yeah I was preparing pretty early on where was your first job or employment role in football and at? And can you please tell us how you got into that sort of role or position? Okay, so my first job uh, is was at V Squad. Um, yep. I was working for a company called Flying Start, which is run by a man named Ricky Nixon, who you can yep. Google that. Some of you will know Ricky. Um, and at the last few, the last year or so of his time, Flying Start. Um, the station and training, uh, and so I sort of transferred across into the V squad. So that was my first job. Uh, my first coaching job was the Union Blacks. So. Um, um, can you talk to us about how your coaching experience at the Eastern Rangers, um, for the under 16s and the under 18s? Um, can you talk to us about that and how you landed that position? Yeah, so again, proving yet again it's who you know, Maxie. Um, the talent manager at the Eastern Rangers was a man named Anthony Parkin, who was David Parkin's son. So I knew Dave, uh, knew Anthony, sorry, through Carlton and then through local footy. Um, and then he'd also been coaching at Uni Blacks when I played there for a year or two. Um, so I had a connection there. Uh, one of the other coaches was a really good mate of mine through footy. And then also uh, Luke McCormick was coaching there. He was a B-squad coach, so I knew Luke. So um, through those two guys, I ended up down there. Almost probably had to start with. Um, so I just kept in over 
group. Uh, and then as the next year when I was there, Mark Neal took over as talent manager and he uh, asked me to take control of a program they wanted to run for the under 15s and under 16s, which was a midget. Um, like you just mentioned, um, that you've had the opportunity to be um, the senior coach at the university, at the Uni Blacks um, in the VAFA Premier A division. Tell us about what you do in that role and what you do for the players on and off the field. I was always told that it's, uh, it's a full-time job, and it certainly was. Um, one piece of advice for all the potential coaches out there is don't take over a premiership team. Um, the Blacks had won the premiership the year before, uh, and it was their first A-grade flag in a long time. And, of course, a lot of guys retired. So that was a real challenge, was getting the next level of players that were there up to speed, but also working with anyone who came in. It was usually a high turnover. Um, so, yeah, it was a challenge. And obviously, these guys are working full-time. They're pretty... Everything, so you don't get them in every training session. Um, sometimes miss, they miss games for managing the group, working with the senior guys to help to try and get them to help you manage the younger guys, working with the under-19s coming through. Uh, it's a really varied role. And then obviously you've got to manage the manager a little bit with the... Um, yeah, so... Well, it's obviously a high-level footy. It's uh, the challenge with, with those sort of jobs is you've got guys who aren't getting paid to play footy and are getting paid to work. So... You've got to manage their availability, their time. They're not going to be at every session. They're not always going to be available. Um, you've got to work with the, the senior guys who have been there, done that. They won the flag year before. Uh, there's a high turnover of players. So there's a lot going on um, with the playing group. Their idea was to try and get the senior guys to or the leadership group to, to take a pretty big role in managing the playing group. Um, Huge amount of support with coaching staff and those sorts of things. So there was a lot of hours involved, and yeah, um, yeah. But we stayed in A grade, which at one stage was looking doubtful, um, and the club was, that was a that was a win. Um, what's it like as a coaching director at the Brunswick Junior Footy Club, and can you tell us what you do as a coaching director because it's a pretty interesting role. Uh, it's good to be back at Clubland. One of the challenges with the under-18 comp is it's not really a club. A lot of the kids come in and play and they leave and it's sort of a, it's a different environment. Everyone's got their own agendas. You've got kids about to get drafted and other kids just happy to be playing. Whereas back at Brunswick, I'm actually involved in a club. Uh, the coaches, um, obviously, not help them just set up their training session, set up their game plan give them some drills if they need drills, a um, little bit of mentoring throughout the year. If they're having an issue with a parent or a player, we talk to them about that, about some strategies. Um, advice, feedback, that sort of stuff. Um, and the other probably part of the role between the committee and, and the... And the um, and, uh, as possible. 
What do you think you've taken away from other life and work experiences that you've carried into your role at Phoenix Management and um, the V-Squad? Um, I think one of the... It's all intertwined. I guess one, one of the advantages I've got with my coaching is that I spend a lot of time thinking about it. I'm able to think about it all day, talk to other coaches, um, spend a lot of time researching the best way to do it, how to communicate with kids and adults and all that sort of stuff. So I guess... The things that we're learning is around um, a lot of what we spend our time working on is our communication style. So asking questions, uh, what they understand and what they don't understand, rather than us be constantly footy. So you can't call a timeout, have a chat about it, and then go back out. You've got only got the breaks, so you need the players yeah. able to make decisions and make changes. Um, trying to get better at listening. Um, if you're going to ask questions, you've got to listen to the answers, and sometimes you're not going to like what you hear. So, those sorts of things as well. Um, I think the other thing is or a local influence when when they need it um you joined the v squad in 2010 how did you get in touch with um phoenix management or who did you go to to get your role and learn your position at Fen at um the v squad yeah so that, i was in the next office when v squad started uh, greg miller sort of got it off the ground um and so i basically i just switched across i went from a lifestyle health and well-being uh, I've been there the whole time, but not always full time. So I've yep. times of, of just come in and out, help them with the websites or communications, or whatever, uh, and just went into general the general manager role about three or four years ago. Um, so it's just what do you do as the general manager of um, a company or? Um, development program like the V Squad. Um, it's a small company. It's myself and and Josh are in the uh, Josh Schwander in it full time, and Josh is our uh, welfare coordinator. Um, so it's a lot of admin, it's a lot of uh, emails, it's a lot of planning, organising, organising training plans, finding good coaches, and and, and preparing them for the sessions. Uh, we've got to sell the program to try and get the new kids in every year. Um, Basically, every every role I, I play play it to some degree. Um, really uh, focused on the player welfare, so he's been able to take take a lot of that, uh, and then I'll do a lot of the admin and then a fair bit of the coaching when when available as well. What's the V Squad program like on a weekly basis? What do you do and what drills do you do with um, the players that you have in? Yeah, so weekly we we're in contact with them weekly during the season. Um, in so injuries, predominantly injuries, uh, any challenges they're facing off-field. Our program's an off-field program as well. So we work with them on time management, goal setting, uh, managing their schoolwork, that sort of stuff. So we work across that as a support and, and as mentors during the week. The bulk of our training is We see the kids for pretty long days in the school holidays, so that's most of our on-field training. Um, and then... Chats individually, 
that can be hindered, as I said. It could be losing a bit of passion for sport or they're too busy, they don't know how to manage it. Um, they're thinking about changing clubs, they're not sure how to go about it. So we're just sort of there as a resource for them and we have those discussions pretty constantly, but then we see them in the squad. Who's been the best player that's been um, trained as part of the V squad? Well, that's a great question. Um, Matty Rowell, he's had a pretty good start to his to his career. To be honest, we didn't see a lot of Matty. Matty was, as you could imagine, a pretty busy. Yeah. He was playing under 15 Victorian as a bottom major. So we didn't see him a lot, but we had him. We had Noah Anderson as well. So we had one or yeah. two in last year's draft. If we go back a little bit, we had Will, we had Will Brody. Um, on the same, same group. Um, that was a pretty strong group. Even even back then at sort of 14, there was a kid called Vincent Aducci. He was a really, really good player. Um, he's now playing pretty good footy in the VFL. Um, we've had other kids too. We've got one coming through. Tanner Bruin is going to be a really good player. Um, he's probably draftable next year. Um, who else? But we've, all, we've also had kids going other sports. Like we've got Paddy Turner, who was a B-score kid. who ended up in athletics, doing really well there. Yeah. Uh, Jack, Jack Bowmeister was a punter at um, Michigan State. We have sort of eight or ten kids that we know from our program, um, so it's always good to watch them sort of chase their dreams. Um, what would be your best advice to any young kids out there who want to become a coach or play in the AFL one day? Good question. Um, I think the message and 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 the V Squad kids hear this a lot. They're probably sick of it. Is just work on the basics, and I think that 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 actually translates across, you know, a lot of domains. Um, everyone wants to do the flashy thing. Your targets, you're going to be a pretty good player. Um, it's not very sexy, it's not very interesting, but that work talent thing that's just a work thing. Uh, as far as coaching, I would say, and I, probably this advice would go to players as well is ask questions, um, ask coaches if you're interested in coaching, why they're making decisions, what, what they're trying to get out of the drill. Uh, it's a big message that we've got for our players is you know, ask questions, make mistakes, you've got to learn by pushing yourself. So uh, certainly with that would be one piece of advice, whether it's coaching or playing or... Uh, when you get around good people with experience, ask some questions, learn more. Um, thanks, Luke, for being part of the Sporting Max podcast. It's been great having you on. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more podcasts. Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. Please like this episode and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. This episode was brought to you by Becker's Facilities, your one-stop shop for facility maintenance services.